Welcome to the On Target Living Podcast, a place where health and human performance meet. Hello, welcome to another episode of On Target Living. This one is a very special episode because the three of us are together. I'm joined with my dad, Chris, and my brother, Matt, and we are talking about the anti-inflammatory diet. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you? Good. We just got done with a workout. Yeah. After our workout, we feel pretty good, huh? Yeah, I feel like a million bucks. I need to work out with you guys every day, I think. <laughs> you live too far away. I feel like the shower was, that was like a spa too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got it all today. Your first workout at our new headquarters. Yeah, so we just opened our new headquarters. We have a fitness studio. We have a conference space. We have a cooking demo space. We have a lot of cool things going on here, but we're going to dive right in. The anti-inflammatory diet, I think so many people are concerned about inflammation. They always want to lower inflammation. We get a lot of questions about inflammation in our seminars. And so that's the title today, Anti-Inflammatory Diet. Now, if you've been following us and you know a little bit about on-target living, we really don't like to use the word diet because we teach a lifestyle. So instead of you know, thinking about this as a diet, we like to think of it as a lifestyle and pretty much what we teach at on-target living with the resting, the eating, the moving, and we'll dive into some specifics of how you can lower inflammation. So basically, I just kind of wanted to open with what inflammation is, because I think some people are confused by it. It can sometimes be a good thing, but basically, it's just the body's attempt to heal itself. Is that how you would probably explain it? Well, I think when you, inflammation is generally going to have some form of the body's going to be uncomfortable. So you're going to see some signs or symptoms, whether it's a uh, uh, an pain. acute, uh, yeah, acute pain or a chronic, chronic pain where it's just your body aches all the time. So the body's running hot, mm-hmm. and so the body's trying to talk back to you in a lot of different ways. And so when you think of inflammation, you could could be arthritis to um, eczema, skin issues. There's a lot. Of, the body's out of balance. Yep. Yeah, and I think basically inflammation, it can come down to five different symptoms, pain, heat, redness, swelling, and then, of course, loss of function. So a lot of diseases that most people are dealing with stem from inflammation more, especially from chronic inflammation. Acute inflammation happens just as an immediate response, but we know that chronic inflammation comes from a state of internal imbalance, whether we have too much stress, we're not eating the right foods, we're not sleeping enough, you know, we have an unhealthy diet. And so that's what gets the body an attempt to kind of start to heal and do what it needs to do. So let's dive in. I think, what are some questions that you guys get on a regular basis about inflammation? And, you know, dad, if you want to talk about is inflammation a good thing? Can it be a good thing? And what do you think people need to know about it? Well, I think number one is, is it acute or chronic? So if you get a bee sting, that would be, or you step on a nail, that's the body. That's or an acute. sprain your ankle. Yeah, it's acute. So I, I just like to use this as an example. When I had my knee surgery, I ruptured my patella tendon in 2000, and they gave me morphine, and then I was out of the hospital. It was a major surgery, and they gave me, I've never had any of these medications before, but then they gave me Vicodin. And for the pain. And so I go home and the next thing you know, look, when you put morphine and Vicodin together, that causes severe constipation. Mm, and I couldn't get out of the bed for 14 days. So I had to use a bedpan, but I was constipated. Horrible. So after that whole run of, I realized after about a day, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done with my pain meds because I'm just going to figure this thing out. And again, pain meds can be a good thing short term, but long term, it could be a lot. And that's what we're seeing a lot of problems today. But where I'm going with this is that after eight weeks, I was going to rehab and they asked me about my pain meds. And I said, well, I haven't been taking pain meds since day two because, you know, I just, I don't want the other side effects. Yeah, you didn't like the way it made you feel. Yeah, I just felt terrible. I was, you know, watching movies and I was crying when the movie wasn't even sad. So (laughs) that's how you know. I I knew I was to be in a little sideways here, but the therapist didn't want to do any rehab with me so she actually had to call the doctor the surgeon to see if they could do any therapy with me so it really hit me that why do we think pain is such a bad thing i wanted to go through therapy and know everything that's going on in my body that the body's going to talk back to you so i think sometimes we have to kind of recognize whether the pain is is acute is it harming the body and if we, we try to mask it 
then we don't know if the body's being harmed. So lots of times when you give people, whether it's cortisone or some of these, these things out there, we don't know that. Or you know, we're moving into opioids and that, that becomes a major issue. So I think with inflammation, whether it's you know short-term, long-term, and we know from a heart issue that you know chronic inflammation can be detrimental, like a high-sensitive C-reactive protein level being high, that's a real sign of that the body has lots of inflammation going on, and then that causes many other problems internally in the body. So I think the big thing I, you know, we want the listeners to understand is that, is it a short-term or is it a long-term? Mm-hmm. And really what we're discussing today is the long-term or the chronic inflammation. Yeah, and I think the imbalance, you know, what happens is it can signal the immune system to release these white blood cells, and then that can start attacking our internal organs, our healthy tissue. And this is tissue specifically in the gut. So a lot of people are, you know, wanting to know how to improve their gut health. Everyone has gut health issues. It leads to digestion issues. It leads to autoimmune issues. And and basically, inflammation can cause a lot of issues in the body, but specifically the tissue of the gut. And so once we have inflammation in the gut, then we see all these different issues because we know that 90% of our immune system actually lives in our gut and that contributes to allergies, skin issues like you mentioned, you know, arthritis, all of these kind of factors really impact our entire body and, and really start in the gut. So I think while acute inflammation can be helpful and good for the body, that chronic impl- inflammation, that, that imbalance can really cause a lot of issues that we're seeing as well. So Matt, I know you just re- recently wrote an article all about CBD oil. And I, and I think, you know, a lot of people are doing this CBD oil because it's masking their pain or their inflammation. So can you speak to that? And I know a lot of people are coming to you because they are dealing with pain, inflammation, and, and just speak to why people are trying to, you know, hide this. Well, you know, Inflammation isn't always pain, and pain isn't always inflammation. So I, I burned myself doing kebabs two days ago, and it's very painful. And luckily, I had pain because uh, if I didn't have that inflammatory response, I'd burn my finger off. So that acute actually is pretty good. It's it didn't feel very good. It still kind of feels like I have glue on my finger because <laughs> that I, is the worst. <laughs> but so acute inflammation is to me uh, a very good thing. Um, it helps you heal. And so before I go into the CBD oil, think about an anti-inflammatory. If you sprain your ankle and you take an anti-inflammatory, is that helping the process of healing or is it slowing it down? And it's really slowing down the healing process because if you're not having inflammation in these acute things like maybe a sprained ankle or a burned finger, um, it potentially is slowing down that healing process. Mm-hmm. And so when you get into more, I would say, chronic op options like CBD oil. I don't think always people are doing it because they have pain. Uh, maybe they don't feel like they their joints are moving the, the way they should. And so I think people get immune to pain and then they take something like CBD oil that t- tends to mask pain and inflammation and they all of a sudden feel better. The challenge is, and the point of this whole podcast today is we want to use inflammation as a cue and a clue versus thinking it's completely bad and we should never have pain so back to my fingers if i didn't feel pain then i would burn my fingers off and there's actually conditions out there people were born that they have no pain receptors Mm -hmm. and they have to be very careful because they'll have their hand on a burner and next thing you know because they can smell they can smell flesh so so my 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 whole my whole point is i think anything uh can be used as medicine and ways to handle you know, short-term pain, mm-hmm. even long-term pain. But for the most part, what we're seeing is a big mass part of our society thinks pain is bad and, and anything that covers up pain is a, is a positive. Yeah, so I think we just have to look at the root cause of some of these issues and why, why we may be experiencing uncomfort, uncomfortable symptoms. So, Dad, talk about um, why inflammation is said to be the root cause of all disease. I know you mention this a lot in seminars, and I think so many people come to us and say, well, you know, I want to fix this one thing, you know, when it's really the big picture and, and where it's stemming from. Well, again, back what Matt's saying, it's, it's a cue. And so when you're looking at the body, the body's giving you also signs and symptoms 
But over time, we just continue, whether you're looking at ibuprofen or anti-inflammatories or you get into the more of the prescription pain meds, um, you know, opioids can be fantastic. Uh, I just had surgery in uh, December and I was talking to the, um, the surgeon and the nurse and they said to me, these are some of the most amazing pharmaceuticals on the planet. And these pain meds you're going to be taking, just they get in the body very quickly mm-hmm. and they, they come out of the body, you know, so you're not going to have a lot of after effects. But then they said in the wrong hands, these are the most deadly mm-hmm. medications in the world. In fact, they're 100 times greater than morphine. So when you think about the greatest and latest technology on pain, we really do have some really good answers but what most people were dealing with is that long, drawn-out, chronic issues, mm-hmm. whether it's gut health or whatever. And then you go back to what's causing this pain. You know, if you, and if you looked at some of these pain, if you really go to the science of it, whether it's a, some form of COX-2 inhibitor, whether you're taking cortisone or anti-inflammatories, well, many foods do the same exact thing, mm-hmm. but it's not as powerful. So you have these one, yeah, these one extreme to this side and one extreme to this side, and the problem is, is that people want to, they don't want to do that. They'd rather just take something that I mask the pain. When reality is, the body is giving you these cues. Before, so before we go so deep into inflammation is the root cause, I think we got to answer a question: Is pain bad? I really, you know, I wrote that article on CBD oil, and in the middle of it, I talk: Is pain bad? And a couple people. We're confused by that because we're, we're, I think we think pain's bad. Mm-hmm. So I, I, again, is pain bad? It's a cue. So it's it's telling you that you know something's we, going on. Yeah, and I've worked with type two diabetics for for years, and the problem with type two diabetes is they don't know if they've like hit nicked their foot or whatever, and the next thing you know, they take their shoe off seven hours later mm-hmm. and they got a major problem mm-hmm. so again if the when the body gets out of balance and, and you want to have those those things to tell you that it's, it's working or not working i mean it's, it's as simple as imagine you're in the midst right now with brady and you don't get good sleep <laughs> so imagine if you really didn't know what good sleep felt like horrible yeah yeah so you know and so it's the same thing it's Mm -hmm. like when a body feels good when people start getting more in tune to their body Mm -hmm. then then they understand that when the body gets out of balance but many people don't know their body's out of balance or like you were saying some of these really quick kind of fixes to fix pain like you may miss other things happening in the body you're gonna miss a ton of things and then you know as simple as like somebody has acid reflux okay so acid reflux it's it's some form of discomfort Mm -hmm. many times it's very painful so i take something to mask the pain and then the next no i don't have i don't have good absorption in the gut Mm -hmm. which now i'm not having good absorption of the gut so now i'm starting having issues with the acid reflux is now going down versus up and now Mm -hmm. i get whether it's ibs or colitis or you know and that's just going through the body and that's again back to the inflammation and so how to how to most how are we dealing with that in our society from a medical standpoint we're giving people prednisone and uh things to shut down the immune system when reality is the body's trying to heal itself mm-hmm. so uh, it's just a vicious cycle and that's what i've been dealing with this week <laughs> I've, I've had a ton of these where they're just giving people prednisone or, or some kind of mm-hmm. s- steroid to help shut the immune system down and reality is the like matt said earlier the body's trying mm-hmm. to step back and say hey let me so heal we'll, we'll move into inflammation but we want people to realize yeah pain is not comfortable I, my finger hurt <laughs> or when you burn <laughs> back, your tongue is the best. burn your tongue or what whatever but it actually can be a very positive thing if you listen to it and so mm-hmm. I, many of us um that we're, when we're talking about this, we're dealing with people that have chronic inflammation, chronic pain, whether it's fibromyalgia or IBS or Crohn's or whatever the pain is. Um, we have to understand that it's given us a cue. And if we ask a really good question, I, usually we can find the source of the problem. And that's what t- hopefully today we're going to get you thinking about how do we find the source? If my shoulder bothers me for three straight years, and then all of a sudden I take a CBD oil and all of a sudden the pain goes away and I can sleep. I think that's fantastic. 
but what have we been doing for the three years to try to improve that shoulder? Are we doing some strength training? Are we eating a good diet? Are we getting sleep? All these things, we have to use these as our options versus trying to fix it um, once the pain gets too Yeah, and I think that's big. the magic right there. You use them, whether it's in surgery or your shoulder bothers you and you get some relief. Mm-hmm. You know, you have a toothache. You, you, that's the magic. But then it's up to you to really fix the source but of But over that time, pain. what we found is not like my shoulder's bothering you and I started taking something. It's like, what if you put your body in a better position and maybe use some of these things along the way, but you're not being, it's not a chronic thing. And that's, that's the, the problem when you think of inflammation. And people just let it go. Mm-hmm. Whether you look at homocysteine levels, was it an oxidation number or high sense of CRP? These are numbers that people are just masking and they don't realize it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, a lot of these issues that we are dealing with, they're all inflammation-related issues. So irritable bowel syndrome, you know, inflammation of the bowels. There's colitis. Anytime you see itis on like an issue, it, it means inflammation. So Crohn's disease. Um, psoriasis, arthritis, you know, all these things that people are dealing with on a, um, you know, consistent basis, those are all going to be, you know, inflammatory related. And then that can really wreak havoc on the immune system. Yeah. I had a woman not too long ago came to see me and she had arthritis in her knee. She had some surgery and then they just said, you got this arthritis in your knee. I said, well, what are you doing to help the inflammation? She said, I don't really know what you're talking about. So anyway, we started doing some different things, and hence, three months later, she's saying, this is incredible how my knee is feeling by adding this food and doing the Epsom salt baths and using the foam roller mm-hmm. and using these strength exercises, and the list went on, and she was saying, "I didn't." they just told me I had arthritis in my knee, and I had to kind of live with it. Don't you think everyone thinks arthritis is once you have it or you're going to get it, then there's no option? Well, you can't, you can't or help. Or you get to a certain age. Yeah, I mean, you get to be my age, and everybody has arthritis. Yeah, when you get I'm to like, be really old. <laughs> yeah, yesterday I was speaking, the guy said, after 55, you're, you're just done. I'm like, well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you... It can be if you don't do anything. Yeah, and so again, it just builds up, builds up, builds up, and then we think that's the de- hand we're dealt, and we don't really have an option. So when this woman came to see me, and she's in her mid-50s, and I'm like, well, you don't have to have this mm-hmm. have this knee pain. And she didn't quite... And then I said, just follow this for the next 30 days. Take the challenge and see what happens. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, she's probably our biggest seller of wow. some of our... You know, some of our strategies. So. Well, and when you start to feel good, you know, and a lot of people don't know what that feels like, then it's just magical. And that's what keeps you going. And you start doing it because you want to. And it's just great. I think we can get into a lot of the lifestyle factors that really help with lowering inflammation. But what if we start with just talking about what this anti-inflammatory diet looks like? So if someone came to us and said, you know, I'm struggling with all these inflammatory related issues, whether of IBS or arthritis, and someone said, I want to be on an anti-inflammatory diet, what would that kind of look like to you guys? And, and let's dive into, I know you explain a lot when it comes to food, which I think fits this very well. If you're following a diet that does not take into effect the cell, the pH, and the source, it's not a good thing. So if we break down inflammation and we talk about it in terms of these three pillars, how would that really help to lower inflammation in the body? Well, number one, I think when you think about the inflammation, the first thing I think more and more people grasp is balancing your pH. Mm-hmm. So as the body becomes more acid, you increase inflammation. Mm-hmm. We just know that. And yeah. so whether you have somebody that has skin issues like I did or whether, you know, Matt had it or you had, you know, asthma or whatever it might be, you, you start with it. You start with a pH. Now, yeah, people who need to understand the cell and if they have type 2 diabetes, they, they need to understand that. But I think most people understand the pH. And so then from there, you start building an alkaline-based diet. Mm-hmm. And, and part of that is is what you do from a behavior standpoint under rest because stress is very acidic. Mm-hmm. And so when you get more balanced in your life, you... Do you just, think most people recognize inflammation can be caused by stress? Oh, gosh, no. So, so <laughs> th- I, I think one of my challenges with the anti-inflammatory diet is we're already isolating it to a diet. And yeah, that, so that can I, be a that can be a challenge because we've seen many people that eat very well, and again, clean. When I mm-hmm. when I think of diet, I don't necessarily just mean food. Yeah, 
it's it's almost like a a plan. Yep. And so you're right. If if you're not having good understanding how to have recovery and understanding your thoughts about stress, you're not going to have good digestion anyway. So it doesn't really matter. We can tell you to eat the right things, mm-hmm. but if you're not getting your body in a state mm-hmm. where it's optimal or yeah. more in more in balance, there's no such thing thing as balanced but you're getting more mm-hmm. your body you know recognize that so yeah i so the prescription i talk about is again back to the ph mm-hmm. and as matt just mentioned if you're not getting enough sleep or you're not understanding stress and how to control it mm-hmm. then that's part of the diet yeah part of the diet i mean yeah and like we've said people want the quick fix so if we're just kind of starting with food not that this is a quick fix We can really loop in all these other lifestyle factors. But when it comes to the pH, I mean, basically, if you eat more of these alkalizing foods, fruits and vegetables and ancient grains and all these healthy foods that you'll find, you know, in the center of the food target, then that can really help to balance your pH and balance, you know, the inflammation. Yeah, I worked with a guy the other day. He has colon cancer. And so the simplest thing we started with is just water with lemon. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well... But you're not doing it. <laughs> so then, okay, get crazy. So I had him, I said, okay, in the evening, I want you to do hot water with lemon and ginger. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, how do you do ginger? And I said, well, you can just get ginger root and you can peel it. So he shoots me a text yesterday with a picture of real ginger Ooh. that's frozen in the grocery store. Wow. And he want to know if this is okay. I go, absolutely. Yeah. This is fantastic. Easy. So again, whatever works for you, but it's these little itty bitty simple things to make mm-hmm. your body more alkaline, which starts that process. Or taking an Epsom salt bath mm-hmm. or using the foam roller, real simple things like that. But really, I like to start with them with some simple things, what they're drinking, and then obviously the cod liver oils and anti-inflammatory, again, any omega-3 fats. And most people are deficient in omega-3 mm-hmm. fats. So I've been saying to them, hey, what omega-3 fat are you doing for decreasing your inflammation? And they'll say to me, I don't even know what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. When reality is omega-3s are very anti-inflammatory. So, mm-hmm. so 60 million people take an anti-inflammatory every single day. What, what if people took omega-3s every single day? Well, you and I talked about that. Everybody should get up in the world. Mm-hmm. Now, again, if you're a complete vegan, well, you can do flax or chia. But if, imagine if everybody, our society, how many people drink coffee in the morning? Probably 90 so out of 300 million plus, how many people do coffee? A lot. So would you say 50%? Oh. No, 70. Yeah, All right, more. so 70%, 210 million plus get up and do coffee, which is going to be, I'm not trying to beat up coffee, but it's going to be more on the acid side, mm-hmm. more more inflammatory. So what if you said, hey, I'm going to get up and do a, a tablespoon of cod liver oil every day? You would you would decrease inflammation overnight. And it's easy. Get crazy. Imagine that. 210 mm-hmm. million people get up in the morning Change that what if mindset. people started asking you, can I put the cod liver oil in my coffee? I would say no, because you can't heat it up. But but the point <laughs> of it is, is that changing the mindset, like Matt says, why are people taking an anti-inflammatory mm-hmm. when in reality they could take th- th- certain things that could actually decrease their inflammation and make their body feel even become more healthy versus just masking and, that pain. And we know any anti-inflammatory, whether it's over-the-counter or heavy-duty prescription, is going to have a laundry list of side effects, mm-hmm. especially stemming in the gut. Well, there's, there's, so talk about you know we talk about gut challenges growing faster than ever. Inflammation is growing faster than ever, and then uh, CBD oil is coming in. It's going to be a twenty-two billion dollar industry because we have so much pain. And I think this is where we have to pump the brakes and say, "Uh oh, we better go back to maybe what caused." that digestive health issue. We better go back to what's causing this chronic mm-hmm. inflammation. And, you know, I was working with uh, 50 union workers that are, you know, inflammation is probably the number one silent killer or debilitating disease that these folks are having, you know, the very manual labor type job. And they really have commercial grade things of anti-inflammatory all over the office because... Wow. They hurt. Mm-hmm. They got pain. Well, it's funny because, you know, you're a golfer, and every time you go to some place to golf, it's crazy. In the in the locker rooms, they have all these anti-inflammatories. Oh, wow. And, you're, and, and they have not only anti-inflammatories, but they have, like, acid blockers. Tums. Wow. And, and I have to laugh sometimes. I'm like, what's going on around here? <laughs> you know, versus, can you imagine if you had cod liver oil at every, you know? <laughs> well, and that's what people, I mean... Yes, everyone wants a quick fix and they want these things to happen really quickly. But a lot of this, 
diet or lifestyle that we're talking about, it can be pretty simple. I mean, cod liver oil, we sell it right on our website. It's organic lemon flavor. It tastes good. All you need is a tablespoon and that's it once a day. And I think the reason we bring it to all of our seminars is because we want to show people that, hey, this, this food is so magical on the body and it could totally change your life. And it's not hard to get into your everyday. And it's, I think it's even more simple than that if people just ate more whole foods. I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much bad information around inflammation. I, I was reading, you know, Google can be great and can be horrible, but it says if you have arthritis, you shouldn't eat bananas. And if you have, uh, if you're worried about inflammation and brain disease, you shouldn't eat grains. I mean, there's just so much bad information. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, to make it real simple, if you just eat foods, if you want an anti-inflammatory diet, eat foods that have one ingredient. Some of them, yeah, are going to be a little bit more acid, but for the most part, you're going to move the entire body to a more alkaline state. Mm -hmm. Things that rot tend to help the body get more um, alkaline, and it's going to reduce inflammation. We got to make it so we got to we got to make it so much more simple versus trying to scare people of telling them some of these health foods that they think are Mm -hmm. are unhealthy. Grains can be very unhealthy if they're processed, genetically modified, put in a bunch of different variables, and but grains that are ancient grains that are minimally processed are some of the most amazing nutrients that we can consume. And so there's a lot of bad information that people get confused. And I think then they say, well, then I'm just going to go to what, what really helps with the pain right now mm-hmm. or the inflammation right now. Because mm-hmm. all those things do work, but they're not going after the source. So if we talk about these three main pillars, you know, what we talk about when it comes to following certain food philosophies... The pH is one. We want to balance our pH because that will lower our inflammation if we eat more alkalizing foods like greens and chlorophyll and omega-3 fats and fruits and veggies. And then as Matt was talking about, just having foods that are one ingredient. So going as close to the source as possible. That's another concept we teach of just eating foods in their most natural state. We know an apple is going to be so much healthier than apple juice, right? Flax seeds will be so much healthier than flax seeds in your cereal or a flaxseed granola bar. So just making it super simple. I think sometimes when people see like a superfood in a product, they think it's automatically healthy when really we want that superfood in its natural kind of source. So the source I think is a good tool. And when I do a lot of consultations, I think people just understand it, you know, and then it, it really defines food. So when you think about the definition of food, it's, it's anything that you consume for health to to make your health more vibrant right so if there's a food that you're eating that in fact makes you ill or contributes to inflammation then it's not real food so once we define what food is then we can understand that hey this is okay for us and that's really what this source concept does and then you talk about this so well when we start to balance our ph and eat foods closer to the source then our cell becomes a lot healthier and why is that important well, as your cell, again, make this, if, if people are making this simple, but if the cell membrane, which is really controls what goes on inside the cell, gets soft and permeable, then the cell becomes, starts, and then the and mitochondria, which is the energy of the cell, and then you've got the RNA and DNA, which is the nucleus, and again, back to genetics. So epigenetics, your behavior does matter. So if your goal is to improve your overall health, if you just think of the three principles, I got to get my cells healthy. Mm-hmm. And so when we're having a conversation with people, do you think this is going to be good for your cells? So if you're taking X, Y, Z, probably not. So that's that's the challenge people have to understand. You always say this, is it good for my three-year-old? Mm-hmm. It's not. If you wouldn't feed it to your three-year-old, probably wouldn't, wouldn't be good for mm-hmm. your cells. So if you can't say yes to having a healthy cell, balancing your pH and the source probably something you don't want to follow. Mm-hmm. And then that, that leads to all the stuff we're, we're talking about today. So one example I use for pH to give people a visual, if you have a pool and you measure the pH of the pool, you're constantly trying to get it actually in an acidic environment so it doesn't grow algae. Mm-hmm. And so chlorine is tend to help with keeping pH down and that's going to kill algae. That's going to kill growth, but it's going to be hot, right? So it might burn your swimsuit or it might burn your eyes not a bad thing in a pool. We don't want a bunch of algae floating around in our mm-hmm. in our pool, but that's what happens in our body. If we're too acidic, it's going to kill some of those natural good bacteria and the microbiome that is becoming a, a trendy buzzword that we've known for a long time. But 
growth, bacteria, gut health, these things all need in an, an alkaline environment and cancer and disease and inflammation live in a very acidic environment. If you get your pool too alkaline, you're going to start to see a bunch of live living things. Which is good for them. Which is good for the live living things, just not as comforting when you jump into that mucky pool. But that's what you want to think about. In the body, uh, pH is really working that way. If you're too acidic, it will start to burn and kill and break down. And that's why we're seeing all these issues because we're masking actually that sign of inflammation um, that that's really happening. And so, you know, one thing we're talking about, we're talking about diet. So people are so confused. There's 47,000, probably closer to 60,000 different ways people are told they should eat. The big one right now is ketosis. And so can, can you be in a state of ketosis and be in an alkaline state? No. So when we talk about the three principles, the reason we start with that is let's just say you are making your cells healthy. You are trying to eat foods closer to the source, but the foods you're eating are very acidic, aka cutting out carbohydrates and getting into ketosis. And eating a lot of proteins, which are amino acids. So what we found is people need to understand these principles, especially if they're worried about inflammation, because on one end, I see a big movement, plant-based movement, saying we need to get more alkaline. That's great. I think that's a positive thing. Sometimes it's a little extreme saying, we're going to eat all whole foods and raw, and that's not, I don't think, sustainable for everyone. And then on the flip side, it's like we're going to cut out this macronutrient and get into a state of ketosis, and this is the miracle. But we know if we really believe in pH, we know that's never going to be optimized for our body. And so I, I work with a lot of people that I would say eat fairly clean, they exercise very intensely, and they have high inflammation because they're missing some of those keys key elements like rest and then some of these calming, I would say, anti-inflammatory carbohydrates that we think are causing us to get fat. Yeah. And everybody wants to, if you want to get leaner, you just, you know, you cut out your carbs. And so when we cut out a macronutrient, you're going to have an issue. So now your focus is incredible, but you can't re relax. You you know, so you can't sleep. Can't have a hard time Would you sleeping. Would you ever cut out your carbs for, for Brady? No carbs for Brady when he turns, <laughs> turns three. <laughs> no, carbs are your energy source. And that's the thing. Yeah, if you, I love the source concept, but more importantly, I love the common sense concept. Like if you're, eat, if you're following a diet where you can eat as much bacon as you want, but you can't eat a bowl of oatmeal, that doesn't make sense. Or if you can't feed it to your kids, we know that carbohydrates are energy source. And as Matt was talking about, bananas aren't the problem or like, Ancient grains like farro and quinoa, that's not the problem. It's just these processed forms, and we need to find balance when it comes to food, or we're never going to be happy. Yeah, we may look good. We may lose all this weight on the keto diet, but we don't feel good, you know? Well, again, whether it's keto or whatever it might be, well, you can name it, but if once Matt said, once you start mm -hmm. compromising a macronutrient, you're going to have an issue. And we've never, you know, we've never said, hey, we want you on a low-fat diet. Mm -mm. We've never said we want you on a low-protein diet. We said, really, you want to understand the... And I just was talking to this woman just the other day. She had um, colitis. Mm -hmm. And we went through the whole thing about the carbs and this and that. And then she came back and said, well, isn't that high in sugar? And I just, again, people just get confused that a mm -hmm. carbohydrate is just sugar. But... Again, it's fantastic for gut health. So if you take these macronutrients mm -hmm. out of your diet, whether, whether it's fat, fat is great for the brain and hormones and mm -hmm. proteins, a builder and stabilizer for your glucose level. And I mean, they mm -hmm. all do their magic. Yeah. And so we, this point of this podcast is we want to have people understand that if you're eating healthy alkaline-based diet, you're going to have less inflammation. And that mm -hmm. includes healthy fats, yep, exactly. such as whether it's a avocado or yep. a macadamia nut or cod liver oil or whatever it might be, you want to have these because they're going to mm -hmm. make your hormones be in more balance, which helps decrease inflammation. Your prostaglandins can go in the other direction, which is you know, if I'm eating too many omega-6 processed mm -hmm. oils, such corn oil or soybean oil, which is, again, in every diet that's very mm -hmm. processed, whether you're eating fast food or whatever, that's going to pump up my inflammation. Yeah. 
So again, whether you're talking fats or carbs or protein, it really does get back to the quality mm-hmm. of what we're putting in the body. Yeah, it's all about balance. I mean, I think we just live in a world where everyone wants extremes. They work out too much. They don't work out at all, right? They don't sleep or they sleep too much. They work their life away or they don't work at all. We just we can never out supplement a bad diet or outwork a bad lifestyle. And we just need to find more balance when it comes to these things because sometimes when we're eating these really high protein diets, that's going to make the gut out of balance. And Infl- then we know inflamed. that. Yeah, inflamed. And then we know that that's where a lot of our root cause issues come from is, is poor gut health. So we're going to experience a lot of things. If we're following high protein diets or some of these really trendy diets out there and we're not going to the bathroom every day, there's a problem. And yes, we may look good, right? But we're going to have issues down the road. And I think sometimes, you know, people haven't been following these things long enough to really even know what's going to happen. Well, I think protein powder, whether it's whey or even some plant-based protein powders, really create a lot of inflammatory uh, byproduct in your digest digestive tract. And I think most people are consuming protein powder because they want to feel good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Be healthy. And so sometimes these healthy items that really go against what's the source of protein um, can cause issues. I think we should shift to talking about arthritis. I think everyone uh, knows somebody that's dealing with arthritic pain and uh, that kind of thing. And then kind of end with what what we think people should do to try mm-hmm. to help improve their inflammation. And, and one of the things I saw about arthritis is the term arthritis is used to describe 200 different conditions. That's a problem. Because you go in into your doctor, you're talking to your family members, and you got something going on, and you say, well, it's just arthritis. Well, what really does arthritis mean? And then the, the more important thing is, do you have any options or control to improve it? It's, it's interesting you say that 200, because back in the day when I worked at this large health club, in the early 90s, everybody had fibromyalgia if you, if you didn't really know. And again, I'm not saying people can't have fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. but almost everybody coming through our door for training had fibromyalgia because they didn't really understand that. And then recently, last fall, I was ziplining and I did a couple stupid things. I went upside down and I kind of tweaked my shoulder. And so back to arthritis. So I went to the doctor for my physical and you know she was asking me this and that i'm like you know is everything good i said yeah i just gotta tweak my shoulder oh that's probably arthritis and i thought to myself this is in the fall and it took took me a while but i started slowly really working on it and you tore your bicep i took that was part of it so (laughs) no ziplining for you so so i i I tweaked my bicep and i but it's arthritis but it was our and i kind of tweaked my shoulder which is again the rotator cuff i probably just strained it but i started looking at it and then i thought you know i used to be able to do a fair amount of pull-ups and i really couldn't because i couldn't pull hard and i thought you know am i ever going to get back to that level of doing some pull-ups and i just slowly worked on my range of motion exercises i have no discomfort in it at all right now but I didn't mask it. Uh-huh. It took time. It hurt. It hurt sometimes. I did things. I started going back to working on handstands where it really mm-hmm. worked in my flexibility, but in a very safe way. So yeah. if I did have any inflammation or discomfort, mm-hmm. I kind of modified and you it. you listened to your but body. Yeah, I listened to my body. So my point of this is, is that it took me a while. It, and I mean, it's, 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 you know, beginning of June and I... It took me six months yeah. to really get it back to normal. Right. And I didn't take any anti-inflammatories, but some days it was tough sleeping. Mm-hmm. But eventually it slowly got better, slowly got better. And today I don't even I don't even notice you're it. you're beating me up on the pull-up bar today. But again, I think that's what we want the listeners to understand. Mm-hmm. The body will try to heal itself if you give it an opportunity. So, so do you guys know what arthritis is? If, how would you describe it to somebody? Inflammation of the joints. Bingo. That And that's, I didn't even give her the answer. I mean, that is how simple Thinking. it is. It's inflammation of the joints. And our whole message today is we really think inflammation can be managed. Uh, there's some conditions that are, arthritis is a, a genetic condition or you're predisposed to more arthritis than others. Or maybe you had a really bad injury that's creating some arthritic problems in that joint. But it's inflammation of the joint. 
and 55 million people are dealing with arthritis on a daily basis, we really think that we have more control than just saying, hey, we have arthritis, nothing you can do about it. Yep, just your age or... You know, and then and then you talk about the cost and the masking. I mean, some of these medications that deal with arthritis are the most expensive medications that we can use. And so uh, if we can try to find some different options, it's going to be better for everybody. And, and just saying, well, I'm going to get a cortisone shot for... That can be an option because if you have some really bad pain and you can't walk, and let's just say you want to go on vacation, that might be something that you're going to have to do so you can enjoy that vacation, but uh, potentially maybe you can do some other stuff that maybe well, delays. You know, again, we don't want to beat this too much, but I had a woman recently and she's has knee problems and she's in her seventies. And I said to her, we're going to work on your range of motion. And so I had her hold on to a, a bar and a fixed bar. And then she did a legs were nice and wide and she squatted going backwards. And she said, this doesn't hurt my knees at all. I said, well, it's not supposed to because you were working on your range of motion, but we're not loading you. And so and then she said to me, so I had her doing these exercises every other day. And then she, I had her walking backwards and some real basic mm-hmm. stuff. And I saw her a week ago and she goes, I can't believe how my knees are feeling. I don't feel like I have that arthritis anymore. Wow. I'm like, well, I'm not saying you don't have it. I'm just mm-hmm. saying there's ways to help make it better. Mm-hmm. We all have inflammation, all of us. It, the key is, is how do we minimize it? How do we get our body in an alkaline state so that we don't have as much of the symptom because we're going after the source of what's causing inflammation? Whether that's cholesterol out of balance, whether that's digestive health issues, acid reflux, it's usually inflammation is the root cause of creating that symptom. And if you have a healthy lifestyle, you're going to have your active lifestyle, you're going to have some form mm-hmm. of inflammation here and there. Injury. It's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, then you or you live in a bubble. Mm-hmm. So yeah, don't be don't body. be afraid of having some inflammation. So let's talk about just some specific foods that are really targeted to lowering inflammation. Number one in my list would be cod liver oil. So a good omega three. Mm-hmm. Flax and chia. Water. That's- water. Why does water help with inflammation? I think sometimes we forget about water. Because as your body becomes dehydrated, it becomes acid. So again, you want to make sure you get drinking enough water, adding a little lemon. I digest in lemons. Removes very toxins because you're... Yep. It's amazing. Gets rid of those toxins if we just drink water. How, how the body eliminates. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Ginger yeah. is a big one. Mm-hmm. Turmeric. People are taking, you know, turmeric capsules. And again, it's all about the source. If you, you know, want something that's really going to be anti-inflammatory turmeric root is going to be the best or I think buying ap- it in a ground form yeah i think turmeric's fantastic i think apples are incredible for digestion and overall health mm-hmm. so it, it sounds simple and it is but when you get people to eat apples and they have digestive issues is amazing or apple cider vinegar is another way but i even think easier than that is just to eat yeah. an apple what about some grains what would you recommend as far as anti-inflammatory well i'm carbohydrates. an o- i'm an oatmeal nut but i love oatmeal and i try to mix it up like this week i had just changed it up for mom but we had millet mm. and sometimes we'll have teff and yum amaranth and matt's son as just He's loves amaranth with, when he comes over to see grandpa with extra flax seeds on top yeah. as as eats flax seeds dry and then <laughs> and then it gets freak. in his eye guy's a maniac or so anyway so any of those ancient grains are fantastic but there's a huge push to cut out grains that because they create an inflammatory response. But let's 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 just tackle this real quick. The reason why they're saying it creates an inflammatory response is people have tough time digesting it. So talk about grains. They are a more complex digestible food, but is that causing inflammation or is your digestion weak? Well, it, yeah, I always tell everybody this think about all uh all the um, allergies we have, is that inflammatory? Of course. So why, and as people start eating higher quality foods, their digestion gets stronger. As their digestion gets stronger, then they can handle more foods, mm-hmm. including grains. So again, I understand that. If, if somebody has uh, issues with weak digestion, then we're going to start very slowly. Mm-hmm. But it's just like a muscle. I'm not going to have you do a pull-up if you can't do a lat pull-down. We're just going to slowly 
get that gut mm-hmm. stronger. And as the gut gets stronger, then you can break down things, Some including things. your grains. Well, and even 1% of the population has celiac disease. The rest of the population has, you know, gluten intolerance where they can't break this down because they have a weaker digestion. So I think if you go back to the basics, we know that we're getting further and further away from the source. We eat everything that comes in a drink, a supplement, a powder, a bar, a gel. We're not eating these live living foods and then therefore we're not helping the gut to break down the foods that we're eating. So Yes, those carbohydrates, ancient grains, they can be hard for some people to break down. But for most people who are eating these really good quality foods, they don't have to worry about it. Well, it's funny sometimes when people say, well, you do oatmeal trail mix where it's not, it's just, yeah, (laughs) it's just raw. And like, can your body break that down? Well, sure. It's like a shark. I mean, you can Mm -hmm. break it down. But you wouldn't start that way. We'd cook it. Uh It's easier to break down. Mm -hmm. Same thing with broccoli. You're not going to eat broccoli that's whole if you're not having Mm -hmm. strong digestion. You would cook it or steam it or whatever. But back to listening to the body, if if you have an inflammatory response and you know you're not allergic to an item, let's just say oatmeal or it could even be wheat. And that you're creating an inflammatory response, it's probably a sign that you have weak digestion. And so we can't just say, well, remove the remove the wheat. You might want to figure out how to improve that digestion because I think our digestion continues to get weaker. I don't think it's getting stronger. And you can just mm-hmm. tell by people are getting sick. You go into a grocery store, it's like everything is dead. You know, yep. it's just dead. And so the more we eat stuff out of a bag and a box and a can, it's going to be... It's going to be limited Mm -hmm. versus if people literally, if if you're listening to this podcast, you're like, I do have inflammation. I do have weak gut health. Have an apple. Do it for two weeks. You might have, you might have relief from your stomach pain that you've been having for the last four years without taking some type of medication. And then the light will go on that. Hmm. Maybe the body can heal itself. I mean, that's why we start with spirulina corella. We start with a, such a slow, small dose because we've learned over the time that some people can't tolerate mm-hmm. it right away. So again, your body just has to build up like you're, it's just progression like you're doing a workout. It has to start slowly. Mm-hmm. But when people start ingesting whole foods slowly, then the gut slowly gets stronger. And as the gut gets healthier, that's where all your you know, specific issues start live. to go mm-hmm. away. Yep. Yeah, and, and just to speak on greens, greens are really cleansing, they're alkalizing on the body, they're detoxifying. We like to recommend spirulina corella, which is a freshwater algae. It's very soothing on the gut, it's immune builder, it's really great for digestion, and then also wheatgrass. It's a live living food and it's full of these enzymes that are really good for balancing gut health and just lowering inflammation in general. Including some of these autoimmune diseases that people think are autoimmune diseases that they have to live with the rest of their life. You're going to, you know, sometimes you want to strengthen the immune system even when you have an autoimmune disease. Isn't Mm -hmm. that crazy to think about that? Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's the the magic of the body. I mean, I remember, you know, a really close friend of ours, she had lupus. And when I first met her, um, her, her head was swollen like a pumpkin she was very her face was completely red and she was giving all these medications Mm -hmm. she was on high levels of prednisone which was killing her body Mm -hmm. killing her gut she's laying on the couch kind of failing in her early 40s and she's drinking um diet sodas and uh eating twizzlers Mm-hmm. because was told that this is just what you have. Yeah. And reality is the first thing I said is, okay, we got to get your gut healthy. Mm-hmm. Let's start with some really easy things, water mm-hmm. with lemon, no more soda, can't have it. I mean, we're really going cold turkey mm-hmm. on some of this stuff. And then we just slowly brought in real life foods. Mm-hmm. And then we built her up with some spirulina corral and cod liver oil and some of the superfoods we, we talk about. But And then today I'm planning a golf outing with her next week. So wow. she's got her completely life back many years later, mm-hmm. but full again, of energy. full of energy, got her life back. And, but again, back to, she had the severe inflammation based on whether it was whatever mm-hmm. autoimmune disease or whatever, she just happened to have lupus. Mm-hmm. And we really went to that source Starting of slow. the problem and building her up slowly. And the Ontario living lifestyle is anti-inflammatory so to end from a diet standpoint our our keys coming out of here if you're saying i want an anti-inflammatory diet well it's it's to try to follow the food target and get close to the center if you're like well make it a little more simple number one you need omega-3s cod liver oil 
flaxseed, chia seeds. That's going to be your natural anti-inflammatory. After that, you're going to want to add some greens. Greens are very detoxifying. They're going to cleanse the body. They're going to give you energy. They're going to improve gut health. And then try to have a piece of fruit, vegetable, raw throughout the day, whether it's an apple, banana, maybe you're having uh, you know, some other carrots or celery, and then, and then water. I think it's those four things, leaving here from a diet standpoint, if you did those, you're going to start to get your body in a more anti-inflammatory form instead of, and Kristen, I think, says this better than most, is most people are cutting stuff out and they forget that they need to add stuff in. And so you can cut out, you can cut out and eat clean. If you're just eating uh, chicken breast and broccoli, yeah, that might be very clean, but you're also missing some key nutrients. That... It's also not satisfying either. So mm-hmm. we need to find balance when it comes to eating. And a lot of people I deal with, yeah, they may look good, but they're not happy people. They're they're restricting these carbs. <laughs> and then so you mean eating a chicken breast and broccoli is no fun? That would make me happy. I need like a potato. I need some grains on the side because that all contributes to gut health. And guess what it does? Makes it you happy. boosts serotonin. In order to feel happy, you need serotonin. That's what a lot of these carbs do. So I like those four steps. And then, of course, this whole on-target living lifestyle, the resting, the eating, and moving, that is going to be anti-inflammatory. You can think of that as the anti-inflammatory diet. It's not about just one thing. It's about the So maybe balance. next time we'll talk about the rest and the moving. But today, the, the eating is, is big. And I think a couple takeaways, pain can be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's the mindset we just want people to walk away with. It's like, okay, there's nothing wrong with taking a, a, a medication to help you relieve pain, predominantly in the short term. When it becomes more chronic and masking it, that's the problem. And again, go back to the source of what, what's causing the pain, what's causing the inflammation. So listen to your body because it's always talking back.